COVID-19 is giving us another recession that we have to have. So what does that mean for your business? Can you make it through? Can you actually come out the other side on top? Today on the Vantage Performance Podcast, Michael Fingland takes us through the seven elements you need to adhere to if you're to survive the COVID recession. Actually, know how long the impact of COVID nineteen is going to be felt, but that makes it very difficult, of course, to plan, doesn't it? But plan you must. And Michael Fingland has several steps you should follow if you're going to see your business through this crisis, because now, of course, every business is a business that needs to undergo change. And Michael, I guess it's not just a case of doing doing the right thing to to secure your business, but you've also got to ensure that you've got investors who are confident that uh, their investment in your business is sound and that you're going to guide the business through the other side, Uh, particularly if you're going to go to those people and say, well, actually, as part of this process, we're going to need a bit more money as well. You're going to need an enormous amount of confidence uh, from from their side to to, to ask questions like that. That's right. And good morning, Phil. I think the key thing to remember is you need to treat this like any other turnaround. I mean, yes, it's a black swan event and it has a much greater impact on the economy. But the way, you know, when a business owner, board of directors are looking at their business, they need to look at this through the lens of a typical turnaround. And that's why I thought now's a a good time to sort of recap on what are the seven fundamental things that you need to be doing right now to ensure you not only sort of survive through this sort of crazy sort of hibernation period, but also come out stronger at the other end and, and then, then you'll be able to take market share. Should everyone be doing this? Because there will be some people in some sectors are saying, well, you know what, people are still buying from us. We, we don't feel as though we've been hit as hard as, uh, as other sectors in the economy. There are elements of what we'll run through that every business should be doing, no matter how yeah. how uh, uh, impacted they are, even if, even if they've grown through this period. You know, one of the key elements to any turnaround is, is really aggressive stakeholder management. Now, in the absence mm. of knowledge, your customers, suppliers, creditors um, will be assuming the worst. So you really need to amp up the stakeholder management piece of a typical turnaround plan, even if you're doing well, just to allay those concerns and, and so they don't react negatively and and, and uh, start putting on shorter payment terms and and uh, on a shorter leash, so to speak. So no, mm. there are elements here that, that every business should be looking at. Even if, even if it's just used as a, a sense check, are we doing enough of the following seven key things? Uh, whether you're, as I said, whether you're in crisis or, or you're actually doing okay, right? Okay, and we have talked about a, a lot of these uh, before, particularly this idea that you know you, you're starting this whole process. You've got to you've got to stabilize the business. You've got a hundred days. Uh, to, to stabilise the business. I mean, that's quite quite a, quite a long time, but I think we are in this thing for the long haul, aren't we? So we have to plan for the long term. Exactly right. And that's the first step in any turnaround plan is you need to have that cash runway. So every 100-day stabilisation plan, as we've talked about before, is you know, needs to be accompanied by a 13-week rolling cash flow. So that's 100 days and a 100-day work plan. Again, those two things work in tandem and you use them as a, as a selling tool, as a confidence tool with your financiers as well because uh, they get a lot of comfort out of seeing those two things each week or each fortnight because they can see how things are progressing and that just gives them confidence, which is one of the, the big fundamental things in turnaround. That is the biggest thing in turnaround is it's a game of confidence. So it's getting rid of the deadwood basically as well, a chunk of this, isn't it? Things that, things that are just not working that are obvious that can be uh, that can be cut out of the business. Yeah, non-core surplus assets. You know, you need to be sweating your working capital uh, you know, focus on your core business. So while you're going through that first 100-day plan, you know, you're looking at what are those one to two big changes in strategy, which is the second big pillar of, of, of any solid turnaround plan, and really trying to work out how do you streamline the business, as you say, and, and get back to that core. 
And that's, uh, that's, that's so critical. Again, when you're trying to rebuild confidence of your stakeholders that you've got a plan. Uh, you, as you say, you've got rid of the dead wood. You've got a 100-day uh, cash flow. That's the lens that we always look through. Can we keep the business going for at least 100 days? That's one of our litmus tests. And, uh, and so if you can demonstrate that, and by the time you get to the end of that first 100 days and you're creating the second 100-day runway, a lot of those big ticket initiatives are now rolling into uh, cash flow and earnings in that second hundred days, and you start to build that momentum. And I guess if it's a part of it is is getting confidence from your investors, but also so you know what you're doing. Mm. I mean, as part of that process, you need to identify what are the real drivers for your business. You know, sort of create a dashboard so you see yep. uh, what are the things that you really need to track from now on. Yeah, weekly, weekly, or daily, or weekly dashboards. You know, we're a big big user of uh, Power BI and Tableau, uh, you know, common BI tools. Uh, so you've got that real time feedback. But as you say, what are the, you know, it, it's hard for a lot of businesses to do this, but come down to what are the top three uh, KPIs or business drivers that really make an impact on your business? Just really mm-hmm. focus on those, um, you know, check in on the other ones. You know, you'll have up to 10 or so that you look at every quarter or so, but th- what are the three big ones that you really need to focus on? And uh, that, of course, comes off the back of, you know, once you've worked out what are those one to two big changes in strategy, so you've got a really yeah. strong streamlined business model to uh to focus on, and that's the key, isn't it? I mean, that 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 second point, which we're onto now, that that one or two mm. big changes in strategy, because you can't go through mm. this continuing life as normal, because life is not normal, and we we're not quite sure. <laughs> Sadly, we're not quite sure if it ever be normal again, Michael. No, and and that's why this sort of hundred day focus. If you try and sort of forecast for two years out, you're kidding yourself. I mean, in any turnaround, it's very difficult to do that. But in this current environment, it's so much constant change with this virus you just can't do that so just just lock into those sort of 100 day mindsets and and refresh your plan as you're going towards that first 100 days but by the end of that first 100 days you should have those one to two big changes already worked out Uh, you've got a stable business you've got your second 100 day plan sort of about to roll out you've you've worked out what the business model is going forward it could be the same but you know you might have made some pretty fundamental changes and then that becomes the bedrock of your second 100-day plan if you are making some strategic changes. But there's always non-core surplus assets, lazy working capital that you can sweat, you know, look at securitizing the balance sheet, certain assets on there like debtors and and, and, and hard assets to free up more working capital, uh, you know, negotiating standstill agreements with your with your key creditors. And that sort of feeds into the second or the third big big pillar, uh, which is stakeholder management and communication. And as, as we've said many, many times before, you know, stakeholder management needs to be at least 50% of what you're doing, particularly that mm. first 100 days, if not the second. And it's, it's a key marker for us is are we spending at least 50% of our time on stakeholder management? And that's why most businesses fail. Yeah. What happens if your stakeholders don't agree with the approach you're taking? You, if you identify those one or two big changes in strategy and they're going, well, well don't really agree with that. Well, it's your, job to, it's your job to show them why the plan is the right plan, you know, Mm-hmm. We've, we've never had a situation where uh, the plan that we've presented is not it's not adopted. I mean, if, if, you, if you do that for a living and you just know how to identify what's working, what's not, you know, how the market's moving, what's the right business model to adapt to these to these conditions. Uh, but, but a lot of businesses, they grow into a lot of other areas along the way in the pursuit of growth. And often they end up not making money or it's it's very marginal, but they've soaked up a lot of working capital and their overhead structures become quite heavy trying to manage all these other things they're doing. So, you know, when we come into a situation, it's, it's usually it's sticking out like the proverbial. I mean, it's, it's it, and, and as I say, yeah. if, you, if, if you're good at what you're doing, I, you, you know how to, convince is not the right word. It, it, it actually unfolds 
naturally once you've done the analysis. So, you know, it's very, very rare uh, that, that you might have resistance. Right. But when you're talking about those one or two big changes, I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, this is a, a sweeping mm. change. Mm. You know, you're going to uh, get rid of a whole suite of products and uh, just focus on one or two. But it might not be quite as grand as that, might it? It might just be tweaking some things yeah. at the edges, so a more productive way of working, for example. Yeah, it may not be a 180-degree turn. It could just simply be, you know, we, we had a business that was making money around sort of three core yeah. offerings, and now we've got 10. And, of, and once you've done the work, and often they don't have the financial systems to tell them where they're making money, where they're not. So again, the numbers will tell you, actually, of those seven, well, five of the seven, we're mm-hmm. actually losing money, or it's marginal at best. Why bother? And, and uh, you know, once you actually, you know, sell down, close, close that part of the business, if you like, that then recycles capital very quickly back into the business that you can then use to drive growth in those three core areas. So one of the big questions we always ask is, when we're coming to try and work that out is what did we look like when we were yeah. last making good money? And it's a very quick process. You go, well, actually, you know, um, we were just really good at these three things and uh, and, yeah. and we let ourselves which, get come, which comes on to you. Distracted, yeah. Yeah, I, I, exactly. And part of that distraction, I, I guess, I mean, and, and sometimes I'm sure it's done for all the right reasons. Mm. So you introduce a new product or you go down a new line yeah. thinking this is going to be profitable. This is the obvious next step for us to take. Yeah. And then that doesn't happen. And you don't actually step back and go, oh, well, we went in this direction. It's not working for us. We need to mm. we need to pull back now. It's just yeah. become an established part of the business. And that's why, number four, what is your, what, what's the game that you're really in? Have you got too far away from it? Do you need to go back to basics? Yeah, and we've talked a lot about Simon Sinek and the power of why, you know, what's your sense of purpose? But that, that question, what game are you really in? You know, it's such a powerful question. If you get your whole team together and you sit there and you, and you really ponder that question, uh, the answer will come out of that. And that helps you drive back to you know what again what what did the business look like when we really enjoyed it when we when we got out of bed every morning and couldn't wait to get get to work it's all tied in with that and, and if, again you, you've got to have a workforce that's really passionate about what you're doing if you're just doing if you're just manufacturing products that every other every other company does it's, it's hard to motivate the workforce but if you if you have got that really core core offering and, and you know again what, what game you're really in what what's the big impact you're trying to have what, what's the big problem you're trying to solve you know, we're a big believer in, in questions are really powerful. The answers always follow, but you've got to ask the right questions. And, and that uh, running through a why mm. workshop um, uh, you know, really helps you unearth uh, you know, what, what do we want to be doing? You know, what, why do this? Yeah. Uh, we've got to be passionate about it. And I imagine that you, you, you see the passion come back from that as well. You know, you start to see the, the workforce following. Yeah, because everyone's, everyone all of a sudden is saying, well, now we are a standout from, from, uh, from our competitors because, we, because we've got yeah. this focus. Yeah. So what and, about- and we talk so much, sorry, before, we, we talk so much about stakeholder management, but it's not just finances. You've got to remember, you know, employees, particularly in a time of crisis like this, they're looking for someone just to lead the way and, and, mm. and tell us we're going to be okay. So again, when you can articulate that, yeah, we used to do these 10 things, we're going to pull back to these three core things. We're actually going to be more successful. Uh, we might be smaller, but we're more profitable. We'll actually make more dollars. Yeah. And then we can use that as a base to grow again. Yeah, you do, so, have, the, you do have the problem so, though, that, that workforce, you might, not, you might not take them all with you. So that, I mean, that creates problems as well, doesn't it? Because you've got to keep uh, people motivated while they're also seeing perhaps some of their colleagues disappear. Potentially, but not always, because as you are pulling back from, say, in this case, 10, 10 core offerings to three, to make an example, that throws off a lot of working capital mm. for cash flow. And then what you can do is re-divert um, 
th- those employees that were involved in those other areas back into those three core areas to grow them. So you can actually, if, if you've got an open mindset and you say, well, today, yesterday you're on the production line, tomorrow I want you working with the marketing team on how to, how to roll this out. You know, we need to go out and, and canvas a whole bunch of customers and, and yeah. get some really good intel. So you, if you're prepared to actually work across the spectrum and, and redeploy people, um, you know, we're big believers in, in Barry Waymiller, uh, Everybody Matters, uh, his, mm. his, his breakthrough book on that is, you know, don't always go to the redundancy lever first. Uh, if you can hang on to that workforce and redeploy them into R&D and, and marketing other areas, then you'll actually come out of this much faster and, uh, and and keep your culture intact. Yeah, and you don't have to pay redundancy payments as well if you're just looking mm. at the numbers mm. behind it all. So what about mm. uh, number five then, paying down debt? So you, you're you not so yeah. highly leveraged. Although, I mean, couldn't there be a case where you say, well, okay, actually this is a there's an opportunity for growth here. We, we perhaps need more debt. Yes, but the way financiers work is you need to give them confidence that – uh, you can reduce their debt first. They right. need it. You know, every financier wants wants to see sort of six months or nine months of sort of de-gearing, if you like, mm. to prove that you've you've followed through on your business model, you've rationalised the business, you've you've stripped out all the lazy working capital by relining your business back to your core, and paying some debt down. It doesn't have to be huge, but it's a mindset. Yeah. Um, to show it can be if done. You can, if you can, you're not relying. But it forces on you it. to look. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But it forces you to um, look for those non-core surplus assets that you can sell for debt reduction. And then when you're into that sort of growth phase, you're more likely to get the capital, additional capital to then fund that because it's a dedicated growth strategy and we're going to, we're borrowing money to fund this, this, this growth, growth engine over here. Mm. So you always need to be looking for ways to pay down debt because it, it just resets the bank's confidence and uh, they're more likely to give you more debt in six to nine months' time when you do right. need it. And linked to all of that, strong financial management. So you, you, you as you're pulling that debt yeah. down, you're saying the reason we're able to do this is because. And here's the spreadsheet that shows it all. You can't, you can't track how you're going real time, and you can't build confidence unless you can demonstrate to your financiers that you've got daily, weekly financial operational dashboards. You've got a 30 week cash flow. You've got three way forecasts. You've got the 100 day plan ticking along, um, being managed every day. All those tools give not only the board and, and the management team confidence that we're, we're on the right path and we've got feedback, you know, real-time feedback, so we can make changes and be nimble along the way, but your financiers, that, that, that's just a, if you want to get more money out of the financiers, you need to show them you've got a really strong and, and accurate data set that you can make informed decisions on. Finally, uh, and look, you know, you know, I spent a lot of my uh, my business career in in marketing, you know, proper proper marketing, not just marketing comms, but you know, your your four P's mm. marketing. I don't know how many P's marketing is. In my day, it was just four P's. It was getting the right product in the right place and mm. promoting it right. Um, so, um, but in tough times, very often companies, are, you know, the marketing department is the first place to cut. They go, well, okay, they they are uh, an expense. Uh, we're going to cut them right back. But uh, your your point seven is no, you need to maintain that focus on marketing and also R and D. You know, mm. you, you've not got to cut those areas, and because that's the future, obviously. First big mistake companies make is they take mm. take a red pen to that, as you say. Now, the quick quick example of why this is so crucial to keep investment in this space because when you get through and I'm not saying don't make any changes right if there if there are programs and and campaigns you're running that aren't really working obviously pair them back but you need yeah. to have a core core yeah. continuation when you come out of this downturn any downturn 
right? Uh, whether it's six, 12, 18 months time. Do you want to be that company that is still selling the same old products and services to the market? And guess what? Now you're having to do it at a discount because everyone is still selling the same old and, and you end up in that downward spiral of price cutting. Or do you want to be releasing a new product to the market where you can actually charge a premium and, 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 and use that to also to take market share. It's a no-brainer when you look at it through that lens. So if you're not going to continue that investment, guess what? You've Once you've come out of this, you've then got another 12, 18-month um, lag time before you start releasing new products to the market, and you've missed a massive opportunity. So again, it all. this is why we want to talk about all three, seven things together. If you're paying down debt, you're getting back to your core, you're freeing up a lot of working capital to then, so you can maintain uh, your, your workforce, uh, hopefully in full, and redeploy them to those core areas, and you can retain the investment in R&D and, and marketing. Uh, so you can drive that innovation and come out of this actually much stronger than what yeah. you came into it. You're more nimble, isn't it? That's more a, nimble. That's probably, yeah, that's the yep. word. So uh, not everyone can do this themselves, which is why companies like yours are around. Mm. But um, but you can only do so much. So can all the other companies working in this space. And we're saying every company needs to do this. So a lot of companies are going to have to go through this by themselves, aren't they? They are, and that's why you know we're, we're quite quite happy to 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 get this sort of IP out there because, as you say, we're not going to be able to help everyone. Mm. And the tenor and industry as a consulting industry is still fairly small in the grand scheme of things. So you know if we can provide you know a framework, markers, you know through these sort of podcasts and other other forums to give them you know uh, tips along the way and, and a framework then then they'll be able to at least apply that and they'll have a much better chance to uh, to uh, to get through this mess and uh, and, and to yeah. not only survive but as corny as it sounds thrive on the other side mm. alright well very good that's why we're here great to talk as always Michael we'll catch you again very soon thank you cheers Phil and if you haven't heard them already Michael does a weekly turnaround tip it's just a short pithy succinct explanation of something you need to focus on without me wittering on so perhaps a more effective way of getting across all of this but we'll be back again with another podcast soon I'm Phil Dobby he's Michael Fingland thanks for listening catch you next time you